We're starting a new series tonight, and it's called The Blood. The Blood. So, um, we're gonna, I'm going to try to like really draw this out and make it amazing, but I don't know if that will happen because I don't know how skilled I am. So we'll see. Um, but I got a question for you guys. How many of you guys know anything about vampires? Anything. Anything about vampires? Some of you do. Ryan knows nothing about vampires. I could see that. <laughs> the girls, vampire girls are hot. That's what Ryan said. <laughs> so uh, what, what do vampires do? They, they suck blood. They eat blood. They suck blood. Yeah. They drink it. Why? For what? Sustenance? And nutrients? Sustenance and nutrients? Why? Why do vampires drink blood? They, that's what they live off of? What happens if they don't? But do they die because they're already dead? They get wrinkly. <laughs> Somebody said they get wrinkly. <laughs> they look like Dracula. Okay, they don't age. Dracula. I didn't say Dracula. Um, garlic kills them. Or a wooden stake. To where? To the heart. <laughs> you can't see vampires in the mirror? They don't like the sun or crosses. Holy water. Holy water makes them burn. Yeah, so that's kind of exciting. Now, they are very pale. They are very pale. Um, now listen up. Some can. Some turn into bats and other things. Um, but the single... Probably the single thing that they are known for the most would be sucking blood. It would be the blood aspect of a vampire that they that they feed on blood. Um, I don't the the filling of it maybe as they eat it and it fills them, but I don't know about the feeling of it because it's slimy. They're cold, (laughs) like soup. It's chicken noodle soup for a vampire. That's what blood is. Yeah. They're kind of like perpetually sick, constantly. Tomato soup. All right, warm tomato soup. All right, now, is there any, like, is there any reality to any of that? People like biting people? Hey, hey, you guys in the back, what do you guys think? Is there any reality to it? And at all? Not really. Bats are the closest thing. Okay. What if it's not really the vampires that the truth comes from, but the blood itself? Like we all know, vampires. Like seriously, I know. Um, vampires are stupid. I mean, they're not stupid, but they're they're not real. They're fictional, right? But their reaction to blood is not really, it's not really made up. Like, it's not fake. It, it's dramatized, but it's not 
fake. And, and this is why. How many of you, if I took all of your blood, would keep living? A few of you. The rest of you would die. Right? If I took you, all of your blood, you would die. Like, really, you couldn't continue to live and breathe on this earth without blood in your body. Now, now listen, listen to me. In, in the Bible, it talks about blood almost from the, the very beginning of it all the way to, through to the end. It is, it's filled with blood. Sacrifices, death, war, our entire faith revolves around blood. And it's kind of, it's kind of weird to think about that. To think about that fact. We, we live, we have this faith that, that just really literally revolves around this idea of blood. Now Hollywood has dramatized blood and they've made it, you know, kind of popular and it's cool to be a vampire and to, to do all those kind of things, right? I mean, it's huge. How many of you have seen the Twilight movies? How many of you will see the next one? Now, blood has been, it's become this, Hollywood has made it something that it's not. Because in reality, how many of you, you want to see people bleeding all over the place? Some of you are okay. Like, really, literally. I meant that you're truly fine with blood. There are a few people, like, blood doesn't really bother me. But I'll tell you. Now, here's the thing, though. Your body will even convince yourself that you're not hurt until you see blood. Once you see the blood or you see the injury, your body freaks out. Um, uh, been, I've, I've watched several of my friends... This happened to him. Uh, one guy, he was jumping across. He was, we were just little, we were just boys. I'm at fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And um, he was jumping from parking block to parking block to parking block. And he slipped and fell. And he caught a piece of rebar on his knee. And it like sliced his knee. And he was fine. Like he just stood up and he was okay. Until it started bleeding. And then he kind of freaked out. Like, he was just this tough kid, and all of a sudden it starts bleeding, and y- your body just tells you that something is not okay. Like, the second we see blood, we, I mean, it's a serious thing. It's not just something that, that just flows through, you know. I mean, there's some seriousness to it. One time, I hit my, fe- I used to skateboard a lot growing up, and uh, I just got a new skateboard, and I was messing around trying to do some tricks and stuff, and I was actually in the house, and I had popped up my skateboard, and, uh, I messed up, and instead of it popping up and leveling out, and I was going to turn it and, and everything, it popped up and spun like that to where the nose was pointing up. And I fell, and I came down, and I hit the top, the, the nose of the board on my mouth right here. And it scraped the whole side, the grip tape scraped the whole side of my face up. I, it hit me in the cheek, and when it happened, I bit down, and I bit a huge hole, like a chunk in my cheek, out, and I knocked out my back molar. Now, if you don't want to know how hard that is, try to do it. Because <laughs> it, it, it's not very easy to knock out a molar, just to let you know. Yeah, and it's pretty vicious. Like, yeah, they kind of hurt. Um, so basically, I knocked my, I knocked the 
garbage out of myself. And uh, I lay down, and I just start bleeding all over me. It's like filling up my mouth, and it's running down the side of my cheek. And uh, all I could do was lay there, and I finally, I was like, Dad, I hurt myself. <laughs> That's it. That's all I could do. And I go, <clears throat> my, they get me up, and I go to the bathroom. I'm spitting out blood and everything, and it was bad. One time, um, Caleb, my little brother, got stabbed. Caleb in the back. That's Caleb in the blue shirt. Um, my youngest brother stabbed Caleb, or my middle brother, in the back of the throat with an arrow. Now, hold on. I'll tell you. This is what this was. This arrow was special. My dad cut the tip off of the arrow to make it safe to play with. Hold on. So it's just a wooden hollow shafted arrow. No tip on it. Makes sense. Yay. Now, now Daniel turned it over and used the back, the knock side, which is actually sharp as well, and stabbed him in the back of the throat with an arrow. In his mouth, hit the back of his throat, and he started bleeding. And he was coughing up and spitting up these huge like chunks of black, nasty, thick, awful blood. Like, and he was just hacking it into the sink over and over and over and over and over again. It was violent. (laughs) Now, I can just look out. I'm telling you some of these stories, and I can look out at your faces and see. Like, blood isn't just something, it's not this dramatic thing. It's not something that Hollywood's created. But it, it brings some uneasiness when we think about blood, especially our own blood. It's not, it's not something to play with. Now this is, this is what the Bible says in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. It says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by life, by the life. Now, blood in the Bible is way more serious than we take it now. Like I said, the Bible is full of blood. So what we're going to do in this series is talk about the blood and why it's so important and what that means. We're not just going to talk about Jesus, but we are going to talk about the fact that everything points to Him. Because if you know anything about Him, you know that Jesus died on the cross, a very bloody and violent death for us. So what we're going to do tonight is uh, go to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. It says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, There is no forgiveness of sins. Now we instantly get serious when you read a verse like that. Because we realize, uh, what does that tell us about about sin, first off? That it's bad. So number one, you can't be forgiven of sins unless something dies for it. Right? Okay, that's what that verse just said. So it talks about the seriousness of sin. 
What else, what else do you hear in that verse? I'll read it one more time. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So not only is sin serious, but it can only be forgiven how? By blood. Now, interestingly enough, in the Old Testament, which we'll look at in the days to come, uh, does anybody know what they used to do? Yeah, lambs, bulls, pigeons. They killed animals to atone for their sins. They killed them. That in in one one special thing that they used to do, in uh, <clears throat> they would take this lamb into their home, and they would stay with them for several days, and then they would kill it and eat it. So it would be like finding a stray dog, and like growing attached to it, be like yay the puppy you know, and liking it, and then your dad going slitting its throat while you're watching and then proceeding to cook the dog. Now, how many of you guys would be cool with that? Now, now think about that, though. Like, in, in all reality, imagine a pet or something that you cared about that you grow close to and then to kill it. And all of a sudden, you start seeing... They, they took sin very seriously. It was a, it was a big big deal and that's how they atone for their sins but why don't we so why don't we still kill animals today if that's what it takes it says um, and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins well let's just kill animals why don't we do that okay so, so number one Jesus shed his blood for us but why does that matter? Why was his blood special? So why can't I just go out and find a sheep and kill that thing? What if I don't want Jesus and I just want the, the sheep to atone for my, my sins? That's weird. That's true. That might be weird. But why not? Because sheeps are cute. <laughs> sheeps are cute. Sheeps are dumb. They are. Um, it's a it, it's a real interesting thought, though. I meant to think right here. We haven't gone. Uh, we'll get to something else. But it, all it says is that, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. It doesn't talk about what type of blood. Does anybody know what some of the requirements were for these animals that they had to shed, uh, that they had to kill? Not to purify the animal. The animal had to be firstborn and it had to be pure it said without blemish and all and we'll look more at these things but there it had so many rules about it about what it looked like and you begin to think they took it very very serious why did they want to forgive them why did they want to get their sins forgiven It's more than just going to a place. It's more than just going to heaven. Because heaven wouldn't be heaven without. So what was it? 
Yeah, they wanted to... There you go. They wanted to be with God. Really. I mean, the whole point was to, to, to be close to God. So without, God, without being close to God, without shedding blood, they couldn't be. Okay? In uh, Revelation, the last book of the Bible, uh, chapter 21. It's pretty cool. Chapter 21, 27. Verse 27 says, But nothing unclean will ever, will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now we're already referencing someone. We'll talk more about what that is and what that looks like in the weeks to come. But it says, Nothing unclean, nothing that does anything detestable, it says sin has no place with God in heaven. So we have to have our sins forgiven. So like I said, you know, why can't I just go out and start killing lambs? Because for the ancient Hebrews, the, this was, blood was a way of life. In fact, it wasn't just a way of life, it was the way of life. They sacrificed so many animals, it's ridiculous. Like when you start thinking of how many animals were killed. And this was to atone for, for their sins. Um, and it was... It was bloody. Bloody, bloody, bloody. Every single year they would make these sacrifices and they would kill these lambs and these bulls. Like one of my favorite things when I read through the book of Leviticus, it talks about doves. And they had to tear them apart. But not all the way. It says you can't tear them in two pieces, but you have to tear it like in half, but not all the way in half. I know. Yet, yeah, a little tiny bird, whatever bird ever do to you? It won't give you bird flu. But besides that, yeah, it pooped on my car. They had all these things. And like, it was violent. But that was the only atonement for sin. But, Why'd they have to kill so many animals? Yeah, number one, they had a lot of sins. That's good. But there's another reason too. So not only do they have a lot of sins, but the animals, they weren't good enough. They weren't enough. Hebrews 10, 1. It says, For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities... It can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Now, that's kind of wordy, so let me explain it to you. What it's saying is that the law, what they followed, this was law. They had to kill these animals for atonement of sin. And it says that what they did could never make them pure. It could never be enough for them. So they had to do them every single year over and over and over for atonement for their sins, to, to have forgiveness for their sins. But the law was just a glimpse. It, was, it says a shadow of the true reality. They sacrificed animals because it was pointing to someone else. And that was Jesus. Now it goes on and says this. Otherwise... Would they not have ceased to, to be offered, the animals? Wouldn't they have stopped offering the animals after the first time? 
since the worshippers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sin. So it's saying, if the animals were good enough to forgive you of all your sins, would you offer any more? It's like, well, I killed a sheep yesterday, so all my sins are done. Don't have to kill any more sheep. But they didn't. They killed over and over and over and over again. And when I say over and over, I'm talking a lot of animals for a lot of people. Like millions. Okay? And this would have been in like one year. They, they sprinkled the blood. They poured it on the altar. It was, it was this bloody mess. And it was all for atonement of their sins. It says, but in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sin every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. And yet they still did it. They did it for years. Centuries. Like lots and lots of years they killed these animals. Why? Like what was the point? What was it pointing to? Why is it significant for us today? So for this entire series, we're going to look at some of these specific times in the Bible where it talks about the blood. Where it talks about shedding the blood. Where it gives rules about shedding blood. And we're going to look at it and see why it was significant and why it's significant for us still today. Because ultimately, I'll tell you the answer already, Jesus Christ was the perfect sacrifice. But why? Yeah, and there's more to it than just that. But yeah, I mean, he was sinless and perfect, but why did he need to be? So we're going to look at it more and more in depth. But I want to encourage you to think, to think a little bit more seriously about what was actually offered for you. Let me, let me read something. This is, But when Christ appeared as, as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, he entered once for all into the holy places. Not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the sprinkling of defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of a heifer sanctifies for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from the dead works to serve the living God. If they used these animals back in, the, back in the Old Testament time to purify themselves of their sins, how much more is God in the flesh dying for your sins? How much more important is that? How much more can that accomplish? be so you have to understand that it was God himself that died so as we look at the blood I hope I, mean, I hope you're at least a little bit curious about it it's kind of 
It's kind of crazy. It's a little fascinating. We don't get through the book. We can't even get to chapter 5 in the book of Genesis before people are dying. Okay? Chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. And then come chapter 4, we already got people off in each other. And then and sacrifices being made. For, for atonement and everything. So, it's going to be all through this book. And so we're going to look at it and what the significance of it is. Ultimately, it will point to Jesus Christ. And I'm going to show you how. I'm going to show you why. And I'm going to show you why you need it. That's all I have for tonight. Um, but I want you to understand... I guess the seriousness of it, the fact that life is in blood, and that's how God set it up from the very beginning. That, that it is what gives life. When I remember the, the verse that I read in Leviticus, in chapter 17, it says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is a blood that makes atonement by the life. Because of the life that's in blood, you can be saved from your sins. But you can't kill animals. It's not your blood that can do it. But it's only one person, and that's Jesus Christ. So we'll look at more and more about just the significance of that. So, so let's pray.